Experience every single shot at the 151st Open with Shot View, powered by NTT Data. Explore the state-of-the-art digital twin of Royal Liverpool with beautiful visuals and follow your favourite golfers' shot data from their first stroke of the championship to their last. Oh my goodness! Explore now at theopen.com forward slash shot view. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Well, hello and welcome once again to the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. It's Saturday, moving Saturday, and goodness me, some of the players have moved pretty sharply, which uh, hopefully is going to set up a thrilling final round. I'm Marcus Buckland here, ready to assess what has happened today in the company of the deputy editor of Bunkered Magazine, Michael McEwen. Great to see you again, Michael. Thank you, Marcus. Great to be here. And top pro Robert Dinwiddie, who missed out on qualifying by just one shot. But the bonus for him is that he's been working for the Open Radio team. And here he is now, ready to uh, do this podcast, which you can also watch via the YouTube channel. Uh, if you just want to listen, I'm looking at us, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> then the podcast is available via all your usual uh, podcast receivers, or whatever the right word is. And David, our intrepid camera operator, is currently out about on the 18th. Now we've got the last two groups playing. Minwoo Lee and Sepp Stracker are on the 18th green at the moment. They'll be followed down by Brian Harmon, the overnight leader, of course, at the halfway stage, and Tommy Fleetwood. So when we get some oohs and some ahs, we'll react accordingly. Al, our producer, is listening to the open radio, so hopefully he knows exactly what's going on, and hopefully David's going to get lots of fantastic shots for us. We are standing just in front of the first tee box, and, you know, the first thing I've got to say, guys, is that it's a very pleasant early evening we were told there was going to be rain there was going to be wind it would be like the end of the world <laughs> not a bit of it michael yeah not so much armageddon as harmageddon at this moment in time the way the scores have gone and you know you mentioned at the top there marcus it's that it's moving day the only thing that's not moved today really is the flags just fluttering away gently above the 18th grandstand we were expecting to see them billowing around but the forecasted wind just hasn't happened. There was a bit of rain, but not much rain, so benign conditions for the players, and I think that's been reflected in the scores that we've seen to this point. Yeah, a whole host of scores in the 60s. It, it was out there to be got at. No, it definitely was. After the first couple of hours this morning when it was a little it was a little bit tough, the wind was sort of blowing from the south and the rain was coming in. Like When, when we came in for breakfast this morning, it looked like it was potentially going to be the day we were expecting, but after a few hours, it certainly wasn't. The wind sort of laid down, turned around, switched from the same direction it's been coming from for the last two days, and then now, literally for the last few hours, to absolutely nothing. And I'd have to say that the pin positions were sort of set up for a Saturday, hoping that someone could make make a move and make some birdies, so no wind, and slightly easier pins that's why we saw some better scoring yeah and the man who took advantage better than anybody else was John Rahm who had steam coming out of his ears for much of Thursday and Friday and started relatively quietly today but ended up with an eight under par 63 when he gets it going he's a pretty decent player isn't he oh 
that's putting it mildly. I mean, what an incredible round today by John Ram. You know, like Rob said, with the conditions not being what was forecast, the pin positions, you kind of felt like somebody could maybe take it deep today. And John was the guy who has done it. I mean, a 63, I think that's only the 14th round of 63 or better in open history. Maybe it looks not quite as good given what Brandon Grace did with his 62 at Birkdale a couple of years ago. But yeah, phenomenal by Ram. And I think when he finished up and went away and sat down with his wife Kelly and their kids and had his lunch, he'd been feeling pretty good about life. At one point earlier on, I did wonder if he was going to have the even the clubhouse lead with the way that the, the later starters went off. But uh, it hasn't transpired that way. No. I mentioned there was steam coming out of his ears at times on Thursday and Friday. But I did think also... Rob, that bearing in mind how volatile he can become at times, that he, he was pretty good at holding it back, and I wonder whether that actually helped him to find his A game today. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, he did seem pretty cross. He was complaining, I think, about there being too many people inside the ropes, and everyone was focused more on Rory and getting in his way, and he couldn't even sort of get to his ball and get his yardage. Well, maybe being out in a two ball, not with Rory today, um, helped him, you know, just focus on his on his own game. And it looks like he, yes, yeah, slow-ish start, and then managed to shoot, I think, 30 on the on the back nine, which. You know, it was, we've had the, the back nine the first two days, definitely the harder, the harder nine holes, playing back into the wind off the left, so easy to just sort of carve one off right into trouble or into a bunker. That wasn't, that wasn't there today. They could even hit two irons off some of those tees, get it easily in position and have, you know, mid-irons with no wind to receptive greens. It, it, was, it, was, it was really set up for them. Yeah, it was. Oh, David's appeared by the way he's, he's so busy he's got this amazing camera that I was saying yesterday it twirls and well, I'm not technical but it, it does amazing it, it makes it does make us twirls like Scotty Scheffler's feet exactly right the same sort of movement so um hello David he'll head off again in a moment I think to catch the uh, closing moments of Brian Harmon and Tommy Fleetwood well straight after his round earlier today John Rahm went to the uh, practice ground, had a little tweak, and he also spoke to George Harper Jr., who's part of the Live at the Range team. John Rahm, mm -hmm. enjoy that drink because that was a seriously hot round of golf. How did you enjoy that today? <laughs> it was extremely, extremely fun. Uh, you know, early on the morning when it was raining, it looked like it was going to be a bit of a battle, but, you know, I was of the mindset that today was a perfect day to make up shots, and I was able to just do that. How crazy is it to look at your card? You were one under through eight, and then all of a sudden, eight under at the end of the day. Yeah, but it's funny. All those holes that were the difficult stretches the last few days, it became the easy holes because they were downwind. So 11, 12, and 14 were playing much shorter. And again, I was able to take advantage of those in the par fives. Uh, obviously, obviously an extremely good back nine, right? I did everything I needed to do and make made a few bonus putts. How does it feel to be running that hot on a Saturday at the Open Championship? I'm just happy to have done everything I could to put myself in contention. You know, uh, I said yesterday in, in media that it's great to make cuts and majors, but you want to be playing for the championships. And, you know, I'm happy I'm back at it again. Here we go. Welcome to the Open. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. Well, what an opportunity perhaps for John Rahm tomorrow, though we'll update you on Brian Harmon in just a moment. While we've been chatting, Minwoo Lee and Sepp Stracker have completed their rounds. The noise we can hear at the moment is Tommy Fleetwood and Brian Harmon heading onto the 18th green. 
not the best of days for either Stracker or for Minwoo Lee. In fact, it seemed for quite a, a long part of the day that although the scoring conditions were great, those really in contention, just when you thought they might take a, a step forward, actually went a step back. Yeah, unfortunately so as well. I, I, I fancied Minwoo Lee in particular to do really well today. I love his ball flight, it's got, he's got that really low trappy ball flight, he, he loves to hit a stinger, he, he plays with such confidence, he's a great character and I feel like he's becoming a big time player. You know, He won the, the Scottish Open a couple of years ago obviously and demonstrated then that he knows how to win but there's something about me, some players have it, some players don't, you know that X factor or aura or whatever it is, that extra charisma that, that counts for a shot or two over the course of a tournament and I think he has it. So I'm really surprised that he hasn't accelerated away today and really put a bit more pressure on, on Harman. It's a bit of a surprise. Sepp Straka, you know, he's, he's playing for more, I think, than the, the Claret Jug this week. Yes, that's the prize they all want, but, you know, a good week this week and he's pretty much in the European Ryder Cup team. So I don't know if maybe a little bit of pressure and unfamiliarity with being in the, the final groups on, on the Saturday of a Majors maybe caused him a few problems yeah. it's hard to put your yeah. finger on why it hasn't really happened for I mean, them so much is going on inside their minds by the way for, for all the scores go to theopen.com or the app and you'll be able to see exactly what everybody did I mean you've experienced this sort of atmosphere and as Michael said you know players have got a lot going on in their minds to be able to just fully focus on the job in hand when you realize actually oh, I've got an opportunity to get heavily involved in the greatest of all the majors um, bit of a challenge Oh, it really, it really is a challenge. You know, there's always, there's always noise going on. You know, it's never, it's never going to be totally quiet when you're over a shot. You've got people hooting, hollering all over the place. It's like, you really do need to sort of, even before you go out, say to yourself, I'm going to expect that. It's not going to be quiet. I'm going to, you, you need to really have the, the sort of the blinkers on, as it were. Um, yeah, and the pressure, and then the pressure of, you know, every, you want to do well. Um, it, it's 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 not it's not easy, and you know I, I said earlier, you know, no wind, soup, you know, this is the perfect conditions. It is, but it is also still quite a difficult golf course. If you do get out of position, then it's a struggle. It's e it is easy to still drop a shot, and I think particularly maybe at the end, no, we you know 15 and 18 the par fives were sort of howling downwind the first couple of days you know particularly 15 a real you know birdie eagle opportunity we didn't have that today they both were over 600 yards most of the guys were actually hitting a fairway metal into those holes in two so that's maybe slowed the the scoring down a little bit coming towards the end of today yeah and of course there's also that extra weight of expectation i suppose oh look this is fantastic i've got to do well now one man who did although i suspect he'll feel that he he should have done even better because he was playing so well was cameron young who uh finished with a five under 66 today but if his putter had been working michael i mean he could have doubled that score couldn't yeah he? another open another Cameron Young performance but he's put himself right into the mix and at this moment in time we're not quite sure what's happening with Tommy Fleetwood over behind us at the moment on, on 18 but it looks at this moment in time like Cameron Young is going to be the guy that is going to be closest to uh, Brian Harmon going into the final round he'll be in the final group with him and like you say had a few more putts dropped I think we could have been all set for a, an epic Sunday shootout, a little bit like we had at Troon in 16 with, with Stenson and Mickelson potentially. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much to like about Cameron Young's game, isn't there? And 
I love the fact that he plays with that demeanour where you don't know if he's just you know, shot five over or five under. He's a very level, calm, just classy performer. A bit like DJ, actually, a bit like Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Oh. Let's not mention Dustin after his round on Friday. <laughs> Fuel we, the jet. Yeah, absolutely. We can hear from last year's runner-up. He's, of course, looking to go one better this time. It is difficult in general. I think out here it's, it's in a sense, almost easier because you have to be so on top of it um, just on this golf course. Um, I think it's the kind of place where if you, if you lose sight of you know, where you need to miss or what the correct shot is at any point, it can bite you very quickly. Um, so that, that's almost a blessing, I think, that it's difficult and requires a lot of your attention. Um, but tomorrow will be just, obviously, Brian looks like he's going to come in, you know, five or six ahead of me. Um, and in that case, I think you just kind of have to see how the first couple of holes play out tomorrow. And, and then maybe you start aiming at some things you might not otherwise. But, um, yeah, tomorrow we're, we're going to plan on the same, same plan of attack as the last few days. And, Kind of see where we are through a few holes. Well, while we were listening to Cameron Young, Tommy Fleetwood completed his third round with a par on the 18th. So he has finished at five under. And I'm pretty sure that that cheer signifies the fact that Brian Harmon has just parred the 18th to finish at 12 under, which does mean that he ends the day as he started it with a five shot lead, but this time over Cameron Young. Now he had two bogeys early on and uh, the pressure appeared to be on but he's reacted magnificently to that Rob. Oh he's reacted really well he'll have been he will have been nervy five shot lead you know you got all the things running through your head don't you know don't make a fool of yourself out there kind of stuff and then to drop a couple early on you're like oh geez this this could get ugly potentially but he's held his nerve bounced back reasonably quickly I think you know with a, with a couple of birdies and then he you know he's pressed on I think so he shot two under two under today with a five shot lead in the open that's that's a pretty pretty good effort and I mean it's surprise it's, it's kind of it surprised me a little bit he is just walking along the bridge behind go. us yeah I'll tell you, that looks like the confident stride of a guy that is going to win the Open Championship. He just, you know, chest puffed out. He, he looks he looks pretty pleased with life at the moment. He does, and I'm, I'm glad that Tommy found time for a, a little kiss as well. He'll be a bit disappointed, but who knows what might happen. We have been saying throughout the week, of course, that with the closing holes here, and particularly if the weather does get bad tomorrow, uh, with those closing holes, no lead is a big enough lead. You've got the par 3 17th where, I mean, we said we'll have anything from a 1 to an 8. And we've come pretty close. We've had some 9s on the 18th. So I, I, I don't think anyone should think, oh, it's all over. I'm not going to bother watching or listening. I would hope they will watch. I would hope they will <laughs> listen. But, I mean, again, you know, for Brian Harmon to, to finish the day as he started, like Rob said, I mean, that, that ropey start. Bear in mind, he had an awful long time to think about leading the Open as well. He finished very early yesterday. It must have been about 18 hours, I think, between finishing and teeing off today. And then as he teed off, we had John Ram just you know, 50 metres away, 60 metres away, a huge roar going up for him completing his round. And I, I noticed that it was as Harmon was teeing off that that roar went up. So, yeah, of course, he, he must have felt a few jitters. And I think that explains the, the wobble early on. But, you know, to Rob's point, what an incredible bounce back. A few other players we should touch upon. Jason Day, who at times this week has looked absolutely magnificent, like the player that was atop the world rankings not too long ago. And again, he, he was flying early on. He got pegged back just a little bit. The frustration was there. And also his, his playing partner, uh, Shabanka Sharma, 
had one eagle on the front nine, but his putter just led him down. He was shaving the hole constantly. How frustrating that must be. It always seems to me, though, it's either your day where they all go in. We know this as golfers, don't we? Well, I don't know that. I know the day when none of them go in. <laughs> and that's basically what happened to him today, yeah. Oh, I bet it's been like that for, for a lot of the guys. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be out with Rory today and able to sort of go up and have a little look at a few of the putts from reasonably close up. And they're, they're all the greens are, for the most part, when you get on them, they're pre pretty flat. Big runoffs either side and things like that. But so many of his putts looked so close to straight little tiny subtle borrows and he wasn't Rory wasn't missing them by much I'm sure those guys probably weren't missing them by much either so I don't know it, it was I think it's tricky to tricky to read some of these very subtle breaks where it's just moving a you know a ball one way or the other from 15 or 20 feet but it, they're the momentum that's why that's what's that's what Harmon's done particularly yesterday he hold you know he didn't miss a fair on the front nine but then he you know got in a bit of trouble early in the back nine got up and down hold those sort of 15 20 footers kept the momentum going you know that was classic with the guys and that I followed today was you know playing great golf playing great golf then making just a slight mistake and dropping a shot and then kind of it was that sort of rhythm so it, you know putting can be can be so key to getting a score out of your your round and Rory Sharma loads of those guys just haven't quite had that but but Harmon has he led the he had 49 putts through the first two rounds 25 24 putts that's that's pretty pretty damn good going so um that could have been a, a I'm sure that is a huge part of the difference Rory is three under par so he's going to start the final round nine shots back we love fairy tales in sport is that asking too much yeah i think even hans christian anderson would look at that script and go nah you're having a laugh surely <laughs> i mean listen rory two under today 69 so moving in the right direction on the leaderboard but he should really have been three under after three he birdied one he birdied three missed a really probably the best look of the lot at two and then picked up another shot at five and that was it. You know, he just stalled thereafter. I think he had something like 11 birdie putts across the round and made four. So that kind of tells you where, where things were going wrong. Declined to speak to the media afterwards. I was waiting on Michael Stewart, a young Scottish guy. A bit of, almost the Michael Block of this Open Championship, you could argue, given the way he qualified. He's done fantastically well, so well done, Michael. But I was waiting in there for him when Rory, the news came through that he was declining all media after his round. TV, radio, podcast podcasts, us lowly journalists that are using our pens and slates to try and get work done and he went straight to the putting green and I watched him on the putting green and he missed everything he looked at. So confidence issues with the short stick for Rory but I'm not really convinced that that's the only problem. You know he's not really given himself, whilst he's given himself a lot of birdie putts, he's not given himself many tight you know close stuffed into the pin birdie putts so there are, there are a few problems for Rory to address but it's a fairy tale too far, Marcus. I'm sorry. Yeah. I paused there and I thought it could no. happen, but I've, nah, reality's well, kicked back it, in. It would be outlandish, even as we've mentioned those closing holes tomorrow. And Tommy Fleetwood, obviously he is now, my maths is not very good, but he's seven back, isn't he? Um, and again, I mean, both those guys have got so much support. They want it so much, but, but seven shots asking too much as well. 
yeah, unless Harman for some reason has an absolute disaster, then yeah, it is, it is too much. Be, it'll, today will have been a really disappointing day for Tommy, I'm sure. He, you know, his, he's, a, he's a proper links-looking golfer down the shaft, driving it in, flushes it pretty much every time. Uh, I didn't, I haven't been lucky enough to see much of his goal from today, but um, by the score, I know that he'll be he'll be disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Now some other players that we must mention: Fitzpatrick, but not Matt. Alex. He is two shots better off than his brother. He was uh, six under for the day and four under for the Open. What a fantastic performance! Absolutely brilliant. You know, let's not forget that Alex was on. Matt's bag when Matt won the US Amateur in 2013, I think it was. There's a great photo of the two of them together. And there's young Alex, who could only have been four foot one at the very, very most. And he's got his red USGA bib on and he's helping him lugging the bag around. The bag's about the same size as he is. He makes Matt look tall in those photos, which is no mean feat. And for him to show up, I mean, let, let's not understate how difficult it is to come into an environment where your older brother's already had so much success. He's walking into an environment where there's pressure straight off the bat. But the thing I love about Alex is that he's quite different to Matt. Matt's quite quiet and quite stoic and he's got quite a sort of sarcastic sense of humour. Whereas Alex is very, he's got a much more outgoing personality it seems. And he just, there's a little bit of extravagance, maybe eccentricity even about him. But he, he's such a fantastic player to watch and I'm, I'm delighted for him on his major debut as well. Uh, <laughs> Sibling rivalry's just been up the notch, <laughs> you would has. argue. Um, at one point I was thinking, well, maybe they'll end up playing together on the Sunday, which would have been fantastic. I just wonder, I don't know Matt Fitzpatrick all that well, but do you think he's going to have a burning desire to ensure he finishes above his brother come Sunday night? Of course, yeah, brotherly <laughs> love that, isn't it? Yeah, you but know? equally he could say, yeah. actually, you know what? You've done brilliant. I've got my major. I'm, I'm pleased for you. I'm not, I'm not going to make this a big deal. He'll have said, well done, bro, while gritting his teeth, probably, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and he'll be certainly out there to, to to do his best job of beating him again tomorrow. But that's that's you need that. Probably rather that's probably why they're such good golfers because they've had that kind of stuff going on all through their lives. That sort of competitive. It's nature. the other prize, isn't it? It's top Fitzpatrick at the yeah. Open. It's, it's the one that everyone wants. Yeah, yeah. Well, Matt Fitzpatrick, if he goes home, he may have won a U.S. Open. But if he's not even the best golfer in his family anymore, then <laughs> what can he do? Somebody else who. Hit back brilliantly today, Victor Hovland, who started birdie bogey, but ended up five under for the day, five under for the championship. He's, he's an eternal contender, but for whatever reason, it, it wasn't happening for the first couple of days. So he's seven back. I mean, again, I appreciate the, these are big margins, but he's a big time player. Big time player, but too far back for me at this point in time. I, I love Victor Hovland. Uh, he seems to have got over the, the issues that plagued him early in his pro career. He was a dreadful chipper. I mean, my goodness. There were times that I thought I could do better. But uh, <laughs> and that's telling you how just how bad it was, my word. But he, he seems to have turned a corner there. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's a, it's a bit like I was, I was saying earlier on with you know guys stepping up and becoming big time golfers. And Hovland is that. And I would argue he has been that for some time. Played very well at the Open last year, was right in the mix until Sunday when it kind of drifted for him. So not surprised to see him playing well here. I just, 
at some point he's going to have to take the next step. He's been performing well, Masters and Opens, and some point he's going to have to be a real factor on Sundays. And I think at this point he's just too far back to be yeah. there. I think the group that's just uh, walking past us, having come out of the 18th, have had a very good day. Yeah, for they've the had what I want. Yeah, well, well, we've got a team dinner coming up, so just be patient and, and we'll finish things off. Um, now, mainly because um, he, he just likes him as a golfer, our producer Al keeps asking me to talk about Tom Kim. <laughs> And to be fair, he was three under again today. On the mm -hmm. podcast yesterday, he'd had a very good second round. We had Peter Finch and Sophie Walker who wrote off his chances. Oh, no, no, no there's no way, especially the weather gets up. We won't hear from him again, but it he keeps on going. Yeah, well, he, well, I think he's started playing particularly well, hasn't he, just over the last not even year or so his yeah. name's kind of come up as he won on the PJ tour i can't i think he's won think. a couple of times it, but not nothing recent no but, um why are we talking about tom oh, well <laughs> because, no, of good man, on. because of the man behind the camera al we don't have to talk too much about him i'd like to ask you about max homer as well who was yeah. playing with rory today he's got such a lovely game had a fantastic birdie on 17 but mm -hmm. again didn't seem to happen for him no i mean he <laughs> Play, he played pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Try to remember some of his round. I was so focused on Rory, but obviously a, a really good golfer. They both. I mean, it was so nice being out watching those guys playing golf today. Like, I mean, just hitting. I mean, the sound when Rory hits a golf ball really is, and and Max too. They were, I mean, flushing the ball. It was so nice to go out and watch them. Yeah, Max. I'm sure he struggled. It was just no, no real momentum with the putt. A couple of loosest shots coming down the back nine for both of them. Rory, a couple of leak sort of shots from 150 yards, which you'd have thought he could have maybe done a bit. He will, I'm sure, think he should have done better with, which did end up resulting in a bogey and losing momentum. Same for Max. Um, yeah. But they'll, I'm sure they'll go out and get stuck in tomorrow. The only way that anyone is going to really have a chance is if the weather that might be potential looks forecast is really, really, really bad. Yeah. And Harmon's grips get so wet he can't hold on to the club anymore. Well, hang on. Now, we want to make it sound more exciting than that. <laughs> a five-shot lead is a good lead. But, you know, when you're going for your first major title, particularly at the Open, and you've got the likes of John Rahm, on fire, of course, after today. Cameron Young, who, as we said, he, he could easily have had a, an eight or a nine under today. So what do you reckon, Michael? Could there well still be hmm. a tale of the unexpected? So in the interest of making it as interesting as you would like, Marcus, <laughs> then yes, of course there could be. I, I do think that Harmon now has enough of a lead where he just doesn't look like he's making a huge number of mistakes, bar that early wobble today. And I think there may be an early wobble again tomorrow. He's bound to be nervous. I don't care what anybody says for any player. Winning these championships means a lot. This is the open championship, for goodness sake. It's the oldest, it's the most important, it's the most special. Look at the thing you'll be holding on that green at, on, on Sunday night. We all want that. I, I mean, I'm never going to hit a competitive shot. I want it. You know, I still dream of having that moment. So Brian Harmon will go to bed tonight and he'll have that dream too. He's just in a really commanding place. But winning major championships is difficult. Winning golf tournaments is difficult. That's why Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major for close to now 10 years. A man that talented, who's won four of them before, who's going to go down as one of the legends of the game, hasn't won a major for a decade. It's because it's extremely hard to do so. So... Whilst Harman's a great lead at the moment, we're only three quarters of the way through it. There's another quarter still to go. Think about basketball, you know, that's split into quarters. How many teams have got that match all wrapped up? Chicago Bulls, Golden State Warriors, whoever it might be, with a quarter to go. So yeah. it ain't done, it just 
kind of looks like it might be. Same with the NFL. Of course, you, you never know. And I mean, even even today, although he got it back to five by the end, almost in the blink of an eye, it, it, it was down to three. It was, it was coming down to two. So, you know, I, I still think, particularly with that 17th and that 18th, and if we get the weather, I think we've given up kind of trying to work out what the weather is going to do because I mean this is, we're going to sunbathe after this uh, <laughs> podcast but um, despite all that I, I get the feeling that you're pretty certain that Brian Harmon's going to have that claret jug tomorrow evening oh, I'll cover my bum and say that no of course not no it will be no 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 five you're totally right five shots like it, it got whittled down to two I mm-hmm. think at some point yeah. no it can't it, it's not, I'm more talking about guys seven or eight back that's probably going to take that's probably a little bit far-fetched certainly a, a, a Rory winning it he, he's got a, I don't know he'd have to shoot ten under probably and and that's probably not going to happen, especially if the weather is brutal tomorrow. But okay, we'll keep all the options open. But no, it's it's good. He will be nervy. You know, all it takes is getting in one of these bunkers, getting a horrible lie, and you know, taking a couple to get out, and suddenly that's a couple gone. Now it's three. It, all all to play for. He won't be taking his. No. He won't be getting complacent about anything. That's yeah. for sure. And I'm thinking of 1999. How far back was ten Paul shots? So Famously, ten go. shots. Don't ten think shots. I've forgotten. My goodness, that no. was yeah. Unbelievable, but a, a different course set up that day. Truly horrific conditions, and it had been for most of the week. And you know, a little bit of a collapse, shall we say, in the seventy-second by Mister Vandeveld. Things can happen, you know. There, it's, it's the greatest sport in theatre that I think we get as as the Open Championship. And so, yes, there should be some drama tomorrow. But yeah, I'm just struggling to see past Brian Harmon doing it. And let's not forget, he'd be the fifth left-hander to, to win a major championship and only, I think, the third to win the Open after Mickelson and Sir Bob Charles. So a little bit of history and some very illustrious company for him to join. Yeah. Well, I'm sensing just a couple of drops of rain and this Bring could it. be the Bring prelude to a, a horrendous day of weather <laughs> that will throw everything up in the air. But for now, Michael, thank you very much Absolute for pleasure. your time. And, and Robert, thank you. You'll be back uh, out on the course as part of the Open Radio team. And, um, well, whatever happens, you'll be able to follow the action and listen to the action. And somebody will definitely hoist that claret jug aloft and be named champion golfer of the year. We'll react to it all on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Open's YouTube channel as well. You'll get to see Robert's legs as an added (laughs) bonus. But from me, Marcus Buckland, thank you very much indeed for watching the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. This has been an original audio production from The Open. To keep across all of the latest information and content from The Open, follow the Championship's social channels today. Just search for The Open's verified accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn and enjoy a range of features, news, videos, images and audio from golf's original major.